Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, uh, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello there. Welcome to session 125 of Selling the Couch. I cannot believe we're at 125 episodes. I'm so grateful that you would take the time to listen and uh, join me for today's podcast. It's been amazing to see how Selling the Couch is growing. I don't know. It's, it's amazing and it's humbling and it brings me to tears in a good way. I just never envisioned all of this as we've grown the community, which if you haven't had a chance to check out, it's at sellingthecouch.com forward slash community is now over 5,500 of our colleagues all around the world. It's just such a wonderful, kind-hearted and just thoughtful community and uh, so grateful for you guys that have joined and that will uh, continue to join Today's podcast is just a really fun but super important topic, which is all about finding and owning our superpowers as private practitioners. I feel like all of us, not I feel like all of us are gifted in many ways. And I think one of the challenges of being a, a private practitioner is sifting through all of the things that we have to do and truly identifying the things that we're good at and focusing on those things while either, well, likely delegating or de-emphasizing, depending on sort of what season you're at, certain things, right? My guest is Annie Schusler. And Annie is from California. She is a colleague in private practice. She also coaches clinicians, which you can find her website at coachingwithannie.com. And today we're just talking all about how do we figure out what our superpowers are? How do we own them? How do we especially own them in a time where it can feel like it is hard to own them either because society or uh, blog posts or something tell us, you know, you should have this instead. And this, to be honest, is something I've struggled a lot with. And, and I'll definitely share uh, during the podcast interview as you hear it, some of my own struggles. But uh, more than anything, I hope that this episode is just helpful for you in realizing that it's okay to be you and it's okay to own what you're good at. And uh, the things that come most naturally to you you may see them as just coming naturally, but they're actually maybe your superpowers. Before we do get to today's podcast conversation, I just wanted to take a moment to thank the folks over at Brighter Vision for supporting this month's podcast episodes. Brighter Vision is this company that works with 
therapists only, and they help us to build beautiful private practice websites. In this day and age, I almost think of the website as our online business card. It's one of those things that I feel like is absolutely essential. And Brighter Vision helps make that process a lot easier by uh, creating a lot of this stuff for us instead of us having to do it on our own. You can find more information about the work they do over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Brighter Vision. That actually gives you the first month absolutely free. So we will jump right into today's conversation. So here is my conversation with Annie Schusler from coachingwithannie.com. Annie, welcome to Selling the Couch. Oh, thanks, Melvin. It's so good to be here. It's been so wonderful, I think, to connect with you. You were so gracious to invite me on your podcast, and we've been talking and thinking about some of the ways that, you know, you can serve the Selling the Couch community. And I love this topic of finding and owning our superpowers as practitioners. Oh, me too. It's my favorite. (laughs) I love this because this is going to sound so superhero, but, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, right? So for private practitioners, many of us are solopreneurs, and, and I think that can be good and bad, right? So one of the challenges specifically of being a practitioner and being a solopreneur is often we're juggling kind of multiple things. And I know for me, one of the biggest struggles is I just feel like I can do everything, right? So, oh, I can edit audio or I can create a graphic, or, you know, but I think part of it is, and this is something I've picked up and just both in conversations with practitioners and just in my own journey is that we have to be able to sort of filter, right? So how does one go about identifying their superpower? Oh, this is great. So I think of it as you know, the, the superpowers that we have, there are things that come from our culture, there are things that come from our history and our personality and you know, the experiences that we've had in our lives, sometimes our identities. And so basically, these are the things that we can't help but do. Mm. So they're the things that we've been kind of usually doing our whole lives, even before we were therapists. So sometimes if you think back to like when you were 10 years old or, you know, when you were 20 years old and you think about what were the things that you were always really great at doing, often you're kind of devaluing those things because they come so easily to you. So actually, it's not that easy to identify them. It's kind of you would think it would be because, hey, this is the stuff that you're great at. But a lot of times it's the people around you who can identify these things more than you can. So, yeah, I mean, that's so interesting because I just, sorry, Melvin, I just, <laughs> I just stumbled. No, no worries at all. I'm um, going to take a sip of tea. I just got nervous. Oh, no, no worries at all. I think what I was thinking, like, as you said, that is, that's absolutely true. When we're in the middle of doing something, when we've done it over and over, right? Like it does, it, it comes naturally to us. And I know for me, like I have a tendency to almost minimize it. Because I make this assumption like, oh, you know, I've done this. It's not really like a talent. Anybody can do it kind of idea. Exactly. Yeah. And so if we can get clear and get grounded in those things that we're great at are actually the things that we should be doing more of the time, like we can get ourselves into that zone where we're really working on adding value at all times, Mm. then we can kind of step out of the things that we're not so great at. And we can, like you were just saying, editing 
you know, if editing or billing or, you know, doing the admin stuff isn't your strength, it's so great to start stepping out of those things and, and delegating. But I think the other part of it is really owning what your superpowers are, like owning what you're great at. So like to give you an example, I have a colleague who whenever I'm working, I can hear her across the hall because there's always laughter in her room. So of course I can't hear what's going on in the therapy room, Mm. but I always hear all this laughter coming out (laughs) and I'm like, what is going on in there? (laughs) That is awesome. And when I talk to her about it, you know, she says that that's something that just comes naturally, that there's Mm. laughter that always happens in her therapy room. Of course, there's a lot of deep stuff that's happening, but she has this talent for bringing in humor in a really healing way. And so in her training, she actually had to embrace that because in her training, there was this idea of being a blank screen for our clients and kind of pulling ourselves out of the therapy room. So she had to embrace, you know, laughter and humor is a really big part of what's healing for my clients. So that's one of my favorite examples of really embracing your superpowers and maybe hearing from other people, you know, this is something that stands out about you. Yeah. I mean, that is such a great example. And I was thinking, as you said that, I guess one of the challenges can be is that sometimes in our lives, what are our superpowers, either through training or other people can sometimes say, can almost indirectly or directly like minimize those superpowers, right? Which in a way I think can sometimes lead us to questioning whether that really is a superpower or if that can be like helpful for our clients and for our businesses. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's this developmental thing where it's a stage for us as human beings and looking at, all right, that stuff about me that I don't value or that maybe has been criticized before. How can I ground myself in taking that more seriously and looking at, you know, maybe this is really a strength. One of the things that you said earlier was one of the best ways to get some objective data into what a superpower is, is actually relying on other people in your life, right? Who see you. Yes. So that actually makes a lot of sense at a practical level. Like, how do you do that? I mean, do you ask them like, yeah, so what I've encouraged people to do is, you know, and this is actually something I have people do in my program is to interview the people who are closest to you. So go to your spouse, go to your siblings, your best friends, whoever really knows you well, and ask them, you know, what is it that stands out to you about me, especially in the way that I relate to you and to other people? Because as therapists, that's a huge part of our job, right, is the way that we relate to people. Mm. So ask those people, what are the things that really stand out to you about me? And in case you're, you know, dealing with people who like to give you constructive criticism, let them know this isn't the space for that. This is really about just the good stuff. Like what is it that my strengths are? And and what are the things that when you come to me for advice, or you come to me for support, what are the things that you know, you're going to get? And what's interesting is people will hear the same things over and over again, when they're interviewing the different people in their life. Yeah. And then I guess it, that almost allows you to filter or to sift through and, and truly identify those couple of ones that are, I guess, almost like powers versus superpowers, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. The ones that come up more often would be the, I guess, the superpowers. I agree. Yeah. The things that come up over and over again, and the things that are particularly maybe a little unusual. 
So I, I did a version of this, which I don't know. I mean, I think it was good, but I mean, it was good in, I don't know, the way that I did it. It was actually quite nerve wracking, but the feedback was <laughs> wonderful, which is about a year ago, I posted something like this in the, the selling the couch community asking just colleagues to share like what their impressions of me were, right? Like I was trying to identify my strengths. I got some wonderful feedback. Oh, that's so cool, Melvin. Yeah. That's really brave. Yeah, brave. <laughs> Probably I, I was like a little crazy. I was like, am I being a little, you know, I was so scared. Uh, but I, I did. I got some wonderful feedback and I don't know. It definitely takes a little bit of courage, but even I wonder if like using social media, right? Like you don't have to directly post it on Facebook, but maybe you can do is post like a, a survey monkey or a Google form survey, right? Onto your, to share it with your Facebook friends and ask them if they could submit it that way it's it's private but you know only you oh see that's it. a great idea yeah yeah because you want it to be private mm -hmm. so that you don't feel too exposed right. but that you can just sort of go through it and the other because it is so hard for us to see ourselves one other way that can help us to get a little more aware of our superpowers is to look at personality tests mm -hmm. you know because that's a way that you can learn more about yourself. And some personality tests will not resonate with everybody. And for some people, they kind of have an allergy to personality tests. Mm -hmm. And that I actually have noticed that's actually even related to a superpower. So like, if you are hearing me say this, and you're like, I hate personality tests, <laughs> they try to put me in a box. Well, that to me, that says, okay, so there's this kind of rebellious streak in you. And there's this desire in you for nobody to get put in a box. And so mm. that's probably related to a superpower. But like for me, I love Myers-Briggs. I'm an INFJ. I love the Enneagram. I'm a four. And, you know, these are these tests, when you look at a whole bunch of them, you can see, well, what resonates and what do you want to just leave out? Yeah, that's so fascinating. I'm a big personality test fan, but I can definitely yeah. see the other side of that as well. I had known this and I had forgotten that we're both INFJ buddies. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I did the Enneagram a while ago, but I don't remember what my result was. I'll have to maybe do that again. Yeah, but it's so fun thinking about like with the Myers-Briggs thinking about, okay, so I'm an introvert mm. and looking at sometimes we can think of that as not being a strength. Like, mm. okay, you don't love to be extroverted. You don't love to be out there all the time talking to people. But if you look at every quality as kind of having that flip side of strength, then you can see, well, how does being an introvert really help me in my interactions with people when I'm talking to them one-on-one, -on -one, or how does it even help me maybe with my marketing? Like, how does it help me with my writing or the way that I see the world? Yeah, that's such an interesting way of like nuancing it, right? So I guess not at all to put you on the spot, and we can kind of think through this together. But like, I guess for, okay, let's just say in this situation, you realize on a Myers-Briggs, you're an introvert. So mm. I guess how would that change, for example, like marketing? Okay, perfect. Yeah. So and I do tend to work with a lot of introverts. Mm. One thing is that you want to look at, all right, so we know public speaking is this great way to build your practice, that it's one of the fastest ways to get in front of a lot of your right fit clients and make a connection with them. So for an introvert, either you may not want to do that, which is fine, like people can absolutely build their practices without public speaking. Or you might want to look at 
So what are the ways that an introvert can really step into this using their own strengths and personality? So like for me, when I'm doing a public talk, I always have a lot of questions for the audience. Like I always have exercises in there where I want them to either do a silent think or a little bit of journaling or to turn to just the person next to them. So that way I'm kind of using my more introverted self mm. and I'm not just up there talking for two hours because for me that would probably drain me and it probably wouldn't really work the way that it might for an extrovert. Yeah, that's so interesting. So like I have a, a very concrete example. So you know, I do webinars and mm -hmm. for the longest time I was, you know, it's about an hour and a half hour and 40 minute webinar. I do them once a month. For the longest time I was doing it solo. And I remember every time afterwards, like I would feel great on the webinar, but mm -hmm. as soon as I got off, like I felt like I was so tired. Like I would literally yeah. need a nap and <laughs> it was just exhausted the rest of the day. One of the biggest things that was helpful was actually having someone to help me on the webinar so that it became more of this intimate dialogue while I was presenting as well. Nice. And I've also noticed I've been a participant on your webinar. Mm -hmm. And I also noticed that you do something else really well, which is because I'm always looking at I'm like, what are this person's superpowers? This mm -hmm. is so interesting. <laughs> and I noticed that you really chat with people like as they're coming on, you just connect with them one on one. Mm -hmm. So if someone's showing up on the webinar and they're like, it's Melvin, he's, you know, be this presenter, then I think it's very disarming. They come on and you're just like, hey, where are you from? Who are you? It's great to meet you. And I think that's a very much like an introvert strength, too. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. Uh, for me, it's like, I think part of it is I want to just connect with people. And, and then I think yeah. it's also like, I don't want to be nervous. and Like, oh, my gosh, I'm presenting in front of all these folks. You know, I want to yeah. be able to identify a face in, in the crowd and multiple faces in the crowd kind of idea. Absolutely. Yeah. And just shifting a little bit. So I guess I want to kind of take the other side. So let's say if you're more of an extrovert, right? Mm -hmm. So how would that sort of inform, I guess, what would be a practical example of like how that informed marketing? You know, for an extrovert, like I'm working with an extrovert right now who, you know, it's not just in her marketing, but it's actually also in the business model, you know, that I'm helping her design and that she's feeling into where it's going to be based on running more groups and running some online groups. Mm. And then as we kind of reverse engineer the marketing plan, we were realizing that actually webinars were going to be a really great way to bring people into her practice quickly. And knowing her, they're not going to drain her. Like mm. she's just gonna, I think, flourish in doing those. So I would say, look at the thing that comes easily to you and then figure out how to use it more there's another extrovert who I'm working with who loves doing like creating videos and it's easy for her. And she was thinking, you know, this is too easy. I should be writing more because writing is hard. Mm. <laughs> and for her, it's really easy to jump on Facebook live or to just create a video and put it out there in one take. And so that's what she should be doing. If you love networking and it doesn't drain you. Obviously, that's something you should be doing a lot. That's another really great way to build your practice quickly to just be yourself, reach out to people who interest you and who you know are also passionate about serving your right fit clients mm. and spend a lot of time with them. 
So for an extrovert, I think we all have this tendency to think we should be doing more of the things that are hard. But if you're an extrovert and spending time with people really gives you energy, do that to market your practice. Yeah, that's such a great way, I think, of looking at things, which actually was like my next question, which is, whether it's society or um, multiple number of factors, I think sometimes there's this pull where we may have a superpower, but we either see someone else doing it or, I don't know, some blog post or some other video we see tells us, you know, we should be doing it this way. So how do you actually, once we've identified our superpowers, either through personality tests, getting feedback from others that we, you know, sort of in our circle of influence, how do you actually own those powers when there are sometimes competing messages around owning them, I guess. That's great. I think it's kind of the hardest part is to, once you figure out what they are, to stay grounded in them. There's this tendency to see like that person's doing that thing. I should be doing that. And I think we have to keep on pulling back and getting grounded in ourselves and looking at, well, if I'm going to try that, what's the best way for me to do it? And is that even something that I should be doing? Is that really going to be putting me in my zone of genius and, you know, in my superpowers or is it going to be taking me further away? So I think using that filter and getting support from people who really understand you and understand your unique strengths and really not allowing yourself to kind of get out of your own lane, but just staying focused on you. It's hard, I think, you know, especially right now with so much social media, so many places to look besides inside. I think what you said is absolutely spot on. I think, you know, to be honest, like with selling the couch, I remember when I first started, I had started the Facebook community. I was also on Pinterest, Instagram, (laughs) LinkedIn, Twitter, and I was like... I was literally going back and forth between these, taking up so much time and I was so drained. And and I think part of it was I just felt like, oh, you know what? All the experts say you should be on social media, you know? And and so let me just dive into all of them. And I just, one, I just felt like it was draining me and two, it was taking up a lot of time. And three, I think in a way I was not really owning like one of my superpowers, which I, I feel like is the ability to build community. Yes. Yeah. You're such a perfect example of this, Melvin. Like, it seems like you've really stepped into that and allowed yourself to make it the main thing that you're doing. Yeah. And that's so powerful. No, thank you for saying that. You know, honestly, I think you alluded to this. I think one of the biggest things was for me, there's always this voice in my head of, of doubt. And so Mm -hmm. I always want to do, I have a hard time sometimes sort of owning my voice. And what's been helpful for me is like a couple of things. One is I think just having just this core group of people that I know love me and care about me regardless of what happens with uh, like with selling the couch, right? So that's like my wife, a couple of my really good friends, my family, my cousins, those kind of folks. My mastermind has been really helpful because mm-hmm. they see me in a way and they can sort of give me a third perspective and be like, hey, listen, you should probably not be on four social media platforms and try to build it all, all at one time. You know, you should probably just focus on one. Yeah, those are good friends, right? Who will really look out for you and tell you when they think you're making a misstep. Yeah, and I think we all need that because for us, it is because of all these messages and 
in a way, and this was sort of my next question, which is, I think there's this other side of the superpower, which is that we almost feel like we can be Superman or Superwoman and try to do everything, right? Mm-hmm. But they may not be, it's like certain tasks as practitioners, business owners, they may come naturally to us, but they may not be the best fit, like at that time, right? So let's say that you enjoy doing billing, right? But you enjoy that process, but you're noticing it's taking a couple of hours, right? And those couple of hours, maybe it's opportunity, maybe you could see more clients, or maybe it's just an opportunity to take a break, right? So I guess, how do you sort of balance that of, you know, realizing that some superpowers are superpowers, but they may not be necessarily the best fit for you as a business owner? Oh, yeah, that's such a good question. Like for me, it would probably be spreadsheets. Like I love (laughs) spreadsheets. (laughs) And they can be useful. But if I were to spend all day, you know, creating different spreadsheets and tracking different things, I wouldn't have a business to track. You know, Mm. So I think it's really looking at what is the thing that you're really here to do. And so for us as therapists, a lot of time, it's to get in front of our right fit clients and to be working with our right fit clients. So to just look at how you're spending your time and make sure that you're spending your time with your clients and you're spending your time on the activities that are going to really draw them in a very meaningful, honest way to your practice. And if you find you're not spending enough time on those things, then look at, well, are there ways to use my superpowers in ways that don't feel painful or don't feel you know, like I'm doing the things I hate, are there more of the kinds of things that you're great at that could be bringing more people into your practice? So like if you're doing a ton of billing because you hate writing and you think that's what you're supposed to do, well, look at making it a little easier on yourself, like Mm -hmm. step away from the billing, but maybe step into some networking lunches, for example. Yeah. And forgive me if I'm like putting words and let me know if I'm doing that. But like, it sounds like as private practitioners, one of the key things is, right, we go into private practice to serve a population, right? But at the end of the day, it's a business, right? So Mm -hmm. really, it's learning to distinguish those tasks that are bringing in income and clients for a business versus those, I guess, directly versus indirectly bringing in and, and trying to focus on those that have that direct impact on on clients and serving clients and those kind of things. Absolutely. Yeah. And to get clear on what are those activities that are actually the most effective that you're good at so that you're, you know, we don't have that much time. Let's say if you're seeing, you know, 15 clients a week and then you don't have that much time left to do all of the other business things, you should really be focusing as much of that time as possible on the things that matter Mm. and trying to cut out the clutter. No, that's a great point. And as we wrap up, like just offhand, you mentioned some examples earlier of like you said speaking was just a kind of a a quick way or a way to, you know, build a practice and get in front of ideal clients. Like I guess both from an inter, like maybe even like two examples if you're more introverted versus two examples of if you lean more extroverted of how you can use like a superpower to build a practice, if that makes sense. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So for an extrovert, I would say, and you know, an extroverts, obviously, we're all so different, but a couple of general things would be to spend time networking, to reach out, like, let's say you set yourself a challenge of maybe reaching out to three people every single week and having 
you know, a lunch date or a coffee date at least once a week, um, sometimes with new people, sometimes with people you already know, that that might be a great way for an extrovert to build a practice. Um, another one would be looking at going even to networking events, which I usually would discourage introverts from trying to do. And then, yeah, look at public speaking. Look at if it's going to feed your energy and it's going to be something you're probably great at. Look at what are some really quick ways to get in front of some of your right fit clients. And it could even be just starting with having some small talks in your own office as a way to just start quickly. And then for introverts, I would say focus your networking on the one-on-one and start by just meeting with people who you already know and warming up those relationships. And then you can just little by little build your network from there, getting to know, you know, colleagues of colleagues and keep it one-on-one so that you feel really comfortable and energized. And then the other is if you're an introvert, you might be like me, like you might really love creating a website that speaks very directly to your right fit client and spending some time on that and creating some content that will do some of the marketing for you once you've created it. So that could be blogging. It could even be creating a podcast. Hmm. I never have thought about it like in terms of superpowers or even distinguishing it like that based on personality. Hey, I'm just grateful for you. I'm grateful for all that you do for our field. What are some of the best ways that folks can get in touch with you? Oh, thank you, Melvin. So the best way to get in touch with me would be to go to coachingwithannie.com. And the other way would be to check out my podcast, Therapist Clubhouse. Awesome. Hi there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Annie. And I, more than anything, I hope that it encourages you and it just gives you the ability to own the the gifts and talents that you've been gifted with. You know, truth be told, I have struggled a lot with this. Um, I don't know, I in many ways, I always, I still feel this. Of, I see things that folks are doing online and I always wonder, man, I wish I could do that or I had that ability. But I'm also realizing that every time I do that, what I'm indirectly or sometimes even directly doing is minimizing uh, the talents and abilities that I've been given. I love the tip that Annie mentioned about uh, just asking folks that you trust to share honest feedback, helpful feedback on what they see as your superpowers. As I mentioned in the interview, I did something very similar a couple of different times, and it was just so helpful. And more than anything, I think it was just helpful to hear folks verbalizing things to me about what they see in me. Show notes to today's episode can be found over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number one to five. As we wrap up, I just wanted to mention two quick things. One is I wanted to just invite you to be a, a part of the Selling the Couch directory. Uh, this is a dream that I've had for, my gosh, a year almost now, which is to create a directory to for helpers and healers to make it easier for us uh, that are in private practice to be able to connect with each other, collaborate. If you're a supervisee and you need a supervisor, the directory will have the ability to do that and to find a supervisor and then vice versa as well. If you're a supervisor and need supervisees, you'll be able to connect with supervisees who align with how you see the world and uh, the type of supervision that you provide. 
The Selling the Couch directory also has a second component, which is the Selling the Couch learning library. And the easiest way to describe that is it's basically in-depth conversations and how-tos with practitioners, and but also with other experts so that we can build successful practices. We can always know what's happening and what's working in private practice, but we can also expand that definition of private practice to beyond the therapy room. So tips on things like writing books and launching courses and doing webinars and running ads of all kinds of different things, Facebook ads, things like that. If you'd like to learn more, I actually created a couple of prototype videos for you guys, and you can find that at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. And as we wrap up, last but definitely not least, I just wanted to thank the folks over at Brighter Vision for supporting today's podcast session. I'm just so grateful for them and for their support of the blog. Uh, Brighter Vision is this company that helps therapists create absolutely beautiful websites. One of the unique things about Brighter Vision is, well, first of all, they have thousands of customers. And what that means is they get a lot of data points in terms of what's working for private practitioners to turn folks that are interested in our services into clients. So what they'll do is they will set up the website for you based on some templates, and then we can put our own content in. If you would like more information about the work they do, please check it out at sellingthecouch.com forward slash brighter vision, all one word. And if you go through that link, it gives you the first month absolutely free. Have a great rest of your day and thank you again for tuning in. Take good care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.